My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. And, uh, you know, I got a call from uh, a guy at NBC, and I was like, I'm taking this call. <laughs> just walked out like, <laughs> fire me, don't fire me, I don't care. I interview some of the rare few who make their living in the world of entertainment. 80 gallons, I think, of popcorn on my head. Special thanks to Phil Ranson, the Comedy Podcast Network. We're done representing you. Good, because I guess I'm done being an actor. Artwork by Tom Burns. I know a guy who loves crappy scripts. Original music by Diana Lawrence. You know, like nobody goes, hmm, that commercial was really well written. I bet that guy's brilliant. I'd like to read his screenplay. <laughs> you can send me an email, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Hey, I got to meet a bug wrangler, which those people are weirdos. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Hey, I wrote that. That thing was on TV. This is episode number 23, featuring NBC writer Mark Swanner. Living the dream, I have with me Mark Swanner, professional writer for NBC. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, you, okay, when, uh, that's what I know your title is. You're a writer for NBC. I'm a, uh, I'm a freelance writer. Freelance writer. I currently, uh, do freelance work for NBC. I'm a freelance writer. So, you work for yourself, essentially. Yes. But NBC hires you a lot. Yes. They are the people that hire me the most. It's partially, uh, well, it's totally due to my own laziness. I haven't. Uh, being my own boss means that uh, I let myself get away with way too much. Because I, I should be going out and uh, hustling more work. But right now, NBC is uh, uh, keeping me pretty busy. So. Oh, fair enough. And what do you, like, when we say writer for NBC, I think most people automatically... I think, right. write for a TV show or something. Right. I, I work in, um, I work for, or have freelance for three different divisions in NBC. NBC Sports, uh, and this is all in uh, promotion and advertising, so it's not uh, writing, um, you know, it's writing ads, basically. Right. Um, so, like, when we watch TV, are we seeing your work? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes uh, you will see some of my writing on a television commercial. Sometimes um, maybe a line that I came up with in a meeting will be a uh, you know tagline for a new series. One of the divisions that that I have worked for in the past is uh, the um, special promotions. I think it's called. Okay. And that's about uh, launching new shows and uh, putting up promos for existing shows. So we will go into meetings and sit around and brainstorm about uh, you know. How do we uh, sell this new show? What's a good tagline for it? Um, you know, there'll be parameters that they will uh, put on top of it, like the boss wants the show to be sold uh, as a character base. We want to sell this character. And the other times, you know, we want to sell the style. This is a return to a classic sitcom format, stuff like that. And then we just kind of, uh, you know, talk around the room, sit in a room full of people, take notes, and then go off and... Uh, you know, come back with some, you know, a bunch of ideas of taglines, spots, uh, and then from there, you know, one of your ideas will be like, yeah, we liked that. Can we, you know, we played around with a little, uh, we want to make this spot. Um, one spot I worked on was for Prime Suspect. They were trying to focus on the character, but also tell the story of this woman having a home life and a professional life colliding so it was a, a silent I mean not silent but it didn't have any uh, uh, dialogue to it uh, where she comes home and her like her kitchen is a crime scene so she's going over you know sliding under police tape 
to get a glass of milk out of her refrigerator. The refrigerator has bullet holes in it. Um, <laughs> someone will come up with that idea. That idea will get moved through a chain of command that, as a freelancer, I'm not a part of or really know anything about. I report to very few people. Uh, and then they will come back and they'll say, yeah, we, uh, we liked this idea. Will you do this? What what did you what did you like? If you liked it, why are you giving it back to me? Oh well, we're giving it back to you because we liked it and we want you to do it. Uh, we want you to write it. It's uh it's confusing. I I have not been doing it for very long. I've done it for a little over a year. I've been working on stuff like this, um, and it's a it's a very interesting interesting experience. Steep learning curve. How do you get into this kind of thing? Well, I mean, I think like anything else in Hollywood, you know somebody and they... I, I had a, uh, a pilot script that I had written and a friend of mine that I went to college with wanted <laughs> you know, wanted me to stop starving. So... Um, That's very nice. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it you know really was true. It was just a friend of mine that said, oh man, this friend of mine, you know, really needs a, a helping hand. So... She took my script. She showed it to people that she knew. She was working. She's working as a editor first at Bruckheimer and then at NBC. And she showed it to some people. One guy liked it and said, um, "Hey, uh, you know, let's have lunch." And I met with that guy. Nothing came of it. He at some point moved along, and that that process took a couple years actually, from the time that my friend started to helping me out, uh, moving the script around, showing people that I could write. And, you know, had good ideas to meeting people and shaking hands with people to somebody finally calling me in and saying, you know, hey, do you want to work on this one project for us? And I said, yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. I actually got that call. Um, I was uh, stuffing envelopes at a temp job. I mean, it was literally stuffing envelopes. And it was not the first day. I mean, this was like the, you know, eighth time I had worked at this particular, it was some kind of record company. Uh, sending out, what was it? They had to send out, like some kind of acknowledgement of of payment to all of these artists or something, and you know it was just stuffing envelopes, just pay that. And uh, you know I got a call from uh, a guy at NBC, and I was like, I'm taking this call, and <laughs> just walked out like, <laughs> fire me, don't fire me, I don't care. And they didn't, of course, they don't fire. I mean, like it's hard to find idiots that are willing to stuff envelopes. Really, um, I figured in this economy it'd be fairly simple yeah i mean i guess but uh you know yeah <laughs> i didn't care at that moment well whatever so i went out and stood in a parking lot and uh you know took a meeting over the phone about this project and, uh, you want to work on that yeah that was for a um i, I started in that uh, i do comedy and uh, worked for the second city for years yeah as a um, performer and writer yeah and they did not let me do much writing um think of that what you will says the professional writer um the job that i got was for um working with people from 30 rock the show 30 rock and honda so the idea was there were going to be these uh commercials within 30 rock like during the airing and they would uh feature scott adsit as his character pete hornblower uh, he and his wife are trying to, you know, have a. I think it was have a date night with the Honda Odyssey. And I had, I had done a lot of uh, Scott Adsit stuff when I was at Second City. I had performed a lot of his scenes. We were uh, similar type physically and sort of a, a similar type in that Second City mold of, you know, 
Um, so I had done his stuff. I was very familiar with them. I wrote some some spots. They liked them. Uh, they made a couple of them. They invariably got sent to other people to rewrite some of the words. But yeah, they, they made them. And the funny thing was, was because I'm a freelancer, it means I work from home mostly. I go in for meetings, but I work from home. And there's very little communication that goes on. Um, so I actually saw the first thing that I ever wrote that made it on TV. I was working on another project and had the, the, you know, I think I'd taken a break or something or was, you know, had the TV on in the background. I was working on something else and you know, looked up and was like, hey, I wrote that. <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't call anybody. I couldn't, you know, like tell anybody, hey, tape this. It's my first thing I ever wrote. Like I was alone um, in my apartment, you know, my dingy, terrible, like awful. <laughs> this place was awful awful apartment i was like hey i wrote that that thing was on tv and the lines were being said by you know scott adson all right you did it and then i had to go immediately immediately right back into working on the thing that i was i don't know behind on and it all i don't know if it, it always seems to work like this but i don't know uh i had that like two out of the four or five scripts i submitted they made and in the past year, I think I've gotten one other thing that ended up getting shot, like, in the way that I wrote it. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, the uh, let's, let's go back for a second. The initial thing that got you the job was that you wrote a script for a TV show. Uh, no, I wrote a, uh, yes, a, a, an original TV show. Not okay. a spec script, I wrote a pilot. Okay, and just based on that, people said, I can write. Yeah. Pretty much it, yeah. I mean, it's a, because he wrote this TV show, he could write commercial spots. Yes, yeah, That's, yeah. It's an interesting business. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Well, I mean, honestly, um, it was neat, like watching that commercial and being like, you know, oh wow, I wrote that. Since then, you know, I've come back down to earth and like it's it's uh, um, the work itself, you know, takes some skill and creativity, and there's a lot of there's a learning curve to doing it, but. You know, we're not geniuses writing TV commercials. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Um, you know, like nobody goes, hmm, that commercial was really well written. I bet that guy's brilliant. I'd like to read his screenplay. <laughs> uh, you know, it's they read it. They're like, oh yeah, this this guy can this guy can write. He's got some fun creative ideas. Maybe some of those fun creative ideas will help us. And I have I have in the past year, you know, I considered the commercial writing uh, my day job. It's uh -huh. waiting tables. It's waiting tables at a really nice restaurant with people that I like. And it's um, not actually waiting tables. No, but it's... it can't be that bad. No, I, I, you know, I actually, I'd say that I never waited tables. But it's, you know, it's kind of stuffing envelopes. Yeah. Um, it's stuffing envelopes, you know, it's, I get to work from home. It pays better than stuffing envelopes. But I, you know, I derive a little more creative fulfillment from writing commercials than I do from stuffing envelopes. Sure. But it's nothing like what I, you know. So are you, while in conjunction of this writing job, still cranking yes. out scripts and yes. trying to... Uh, cranking out is, I am not a, I am not a cranker. I am a <laughs> plotter. Um, <laughs> I write very, very slowly. Um, I mean, it takes a long, it takes me a long time to write a 22 second commercial. <laughs> Well, a ridiculously long time, but yes, I'm writing scripts. I'm working on a um, working on a revision of the pilot that got me started, um, and I am I'm working on a screenplay. 
it's written and it's done and we're working on getting it produced. So is is that process in any way easier now that you work like that you have the title of well I I write for NBC does that no. no one cares? No. No, I mean I have moved I have moved from I've moved with from, you know, person with a dream to person with a dream and a job. So I can, you know, like talk I can, you know, sit here and talk to you about, you know, yes, I have a, a job writing some things, but uh, you know, I mean, I work in promotions. I, you know, my my goal is to have a TV show that I can, you know, be really good in the marketing meetings after someone produces my TV show and says, "How are we going to sell this?" And uh, you know, I've got some ideas because uh, I used to do this. Yeah, that's right. You know, go see the old gang and be like, "Hey, now we're going to work on my TV show today." <laughs> But, I mean, those are the daydreams that everybody has. Like, I'm going to go back to where I used to work, and I'm going to be so successful. Sure, sure. Uh, do you, like, ideally, do you want to, you know, just be a writer on a TV show? Do you want to, like, be the executive producer? Do you want to... Yeah, I want to be creator, showrunner. Um, yeah. You want to be the Bruckheimer? You want to be the... Yes. Um, the Chuck Lorre. Um, sure. The Matt Weiner. Yeah, I just... Uh, I moved to Los Angeles to do acting. Because you started out as an actor. Yeah, I mean, I was an actor for... I got my first uh, paycheck for acting when I was 16. Wow, what was that? Uh, it was a play down in uh, South Florida, Miami. It was The Glass Menagerie, actually. My first professional role was The Gentleman Caller in The Glass Menagerie. At 16? Yeah. That's it was, crazy. It's not a very good theater. Well, um, <laughs> fair enough. But they paid me. No, that's not right. It was not the... It was not the uh, it was not the gentleman caller. Um, this is my acting career in South Florida is hilarious, but not <laughs> terribly interesting. It was something else. I think it might, might have been uh, it might have been a horse in Equus or a, a sailor in South Pacific. I did all of those things at some point. Uh, oh no, you know what it was? The Glass Manager was my first review that had my name in it. That's oh, yes, I gave a good accounting. Very nice. Okay, so you started out. You're born and raised in Iowa. Yes. How did you go to South Florida? Um, basically, uh, my folks got jobs down there, so. We oh, moved. so the whole family just moved. Yeah, we moved when I was uh, sixteen, and yeah. Were you acting in Iowa at all? Yes. Yeah, but I was. Uh, um, you know, I would do kind of school plays. Um, I'd do school plays, and uh, it was a passion. But I definitely had other passions. I played yeah. Basketball. I got to play basketball now. in Miami. In Miami, I, I had to. Uh, um, I sort of started taking college classes and got much more into acting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So at that point, were you like, I'm going to be an actor the rest of my life? Yeah, well, I thought so. I never really pinned it down. Um, you know, I was still pretty free-spirited uh, in terms of, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll be a movie star. Maybe I'll be the president. <laughs> I can do anything because I'm awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be Ronald Reagan, except yep. not a douchebag. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was... I thought it was real cool that I was doing professional acting at that young age. I was a terrible theater. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, still, that's better than most people. Yeah, I played. Uh, I played the. Uh, I did uh, start doing improvisation uh, in clubs down there, and uh, I got to play the improv. I think when I was sixteen or seventeen. In Miami. Yeah, um, it was a Monday night, but you know, I was a kid of the, uh, um, you know, the stand-up boom. So yeah. the idea that I was playing the improv, walking past all those you know headshots in the doorway, I was like, yeah, I've made it. <laughs> Here I am. 
And then uh, <laughs> clearly having having had made it for the last twenty years. Absolutely. Uh, and then at some point you moved to Chicago. Yes, I, I went back to uh, I went b- back to Iowa to go to college because they gave me in-state tuition even though I didn't live there anymore. Nice. Um, yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so I went back there to college, studied theater, which was a terrible choice. And then uh, I went back to Miami after college for a while and did some more, did acting, um, did a little directing. And then at some point I said, this place is not a place for a young actor. I'm going to go. I got to move to, you know, someplace else. And I moved to Chicago to study at Second City. Then after I did that, I sort of decided that maybe acting was not for me. I wanted to go try those other things, and so I went and had adventures for a little while, traveled around the world and stuff. Uh, and then, having done that, I went, no, no, I want to do acting. Um, it's much better than this hard work that I'm doing. <laughs> so I moved back to Chicago to do Second City. Was there for five years, and uh, then moved to Los Angeles. And then uh, a couple of years after, I had I did a job. I did an acting job. You can you can see it. It's out there somewhere. It's called the Science of Disney Imagineering. And I did, I did one of them. It's a series of educational, it's a weird series. It's a series of educational videos for like kids in schools, uh-huh. but it uses like Disney theme parks and attractions to teach science. Okay. So it's re, it's the most incredible sort of insidious kind of product placement, because it's in schools and they're very good videos. They're really the science is right on. They're very informative and they're very well done. But it's all like you know. We're going to show you how, you know, velocity works by showing you the new Disney roller coaster. <laughs> um, but anyway, I took a job. I'm, I'm afraid of uh, um, bugs, cockroaches, especially when I was working at this theater in Florida. I mean, South Florida is just full of those flying palmetto bugs. Yeah. And uh, I put on a, a suit for my costume. A palmetto bug crawled out from under the lapel. Oh. had just been there. Yeah. I was, Gah! I mean, I needed, I needed like a. I needed 20 minutes to come back down. And uh, I was acting and, uh, you know, doing temp jobs. Were you, like, the host of these videos? No, no, I was, uh, um, that's, <laughs> uh, the host was a, an Imagineer, and, you know, I was the the guy who had all these bad things happen to him. You know, like, he played pranks on me, and I yelled at him. And uh, they, the first thing we did was they dumped... Oh, shoot, now I wish I could remember exactly what it was. 50, 80 gallons, I think, of popcorn on my head. It's the two, like, big 40-gallon, I'm guessing 40-gallon garbage cans Uh. full of popcorn. And they had two Teamsters on ladders. And, you know, when the (laughs) queue happened, they just dumped all this popcorn onto my head. Um, it was actually, you know, it was a very cool feeling. <laughs> sort of like, oh, nobody else gets to do this. But I mean, it was also I had like salt in my ears. It was like uh, like going to the beach and swimming in the ocean, just like salt and oil everywhere. <laughs> um, they, uh, I don't know, they dumped water on me through water balloons, that kind of thing. Uh, but you know, I was happy for the job. It was funny actually. I ended up like as will happen in Los Angeles. That was uh, one of my first like paid on-camera jobs and like a year two years later i went back to the same place that we shot to work as a temp ha. um and, and i mean i worked at that temp job for a long time it was technicolor and burbank at and, some point did you decide 
this is enough acting for me? Or? Well, so so they brought me back for another one of these. They brought me back for a few more of these videos with the same sort of thing. They threw ketchup on me or something. And uh, they brought me back uh, and, like, expanded my role. And they liked me and were like, oh, let's use this guy again. He was really funny. We liked him. Nice. Um, uh, so they brought me back for an episode about animal adaptation. And they covered me in insects. Um, uh, and not like they, they, I got to meet a bug wrangler, which those people are weirdos. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they, what they, they had, I had a shirt that had plastic bugs sewn onto it. It had real dead bugs sewn onto it. And then they put some, um, and this, this bug wrangler very carefully set these like moths, uh, that would hold on and kind of move a little bit to be alive. And then came the Madagascar hissing cockroaches, oh. uh, which are about oh, three, is that three inches long? Yeah, and they and it. they literally, you know, hiss. And uh, they put those on to me. And I'm supposed to walk out and deliver lines uh, happily, too. Like, hey, you know, I've actually realized these things aren't so bad. They're just adapted to all their things. And like I said, I roaches are terror. I, like, I, I know they don't bother me, but oh, they just give me the heebies and make me so uncomfortable. But I needed that money. They had to call like uh, my agent several times to be like, is he afraid of bugs? And I'm like... You know, no, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm not afraid of anything except not being able to make my rent next month. Right. Um, and so that's when I sort of decided, like, I need to at least do something else. I had a somebody that I knew when I first got to Los Angeles that was like, all of us, a person that I knew from Chicago that was, you know, like, we all need, you need, we need to come out here and write. We have to write. It's, it's, and I just took those, that advice to heart and was like, I gotta have. I gotta write. I gotta write my own roles. I have to write stuff for myself, and I have to be able to make some money without having to have people put cockroaches on me. It's I mean, just it, the American dream. Yeah. Well, it's a Hollywood dream for sure. <laughs> uh, did you like have one of those conversations with your agent where you're like, "Hey, I'm done," or like, I feel like that's kind of like a Hollywood moment. No, no, they. <laughs> It was it was actually the the other side. We're done representing you. Good, because I guess I'm done being an actor. Wow. All right. Fair. Yeah. All right. If uh, so, you you worked at Second City for a while, and you very successful at Second City. I might add. I've had some other Second City people on my show, and the idea that you made it to main stage. Yeah, I, I understudied. Uh, I went in. I did not go through the process of writing the show, um, but I performed on the main stage for about four months. I mean, so I lived the lifestyle for a little while. That's huge. Does that mean anything in the business? Well, no. What the things that uh, um, mean anything is is uh, you know who you know. I got I got my I got my commercial agent based on well based on working for the Second City because she really likes Second City people. She represents a lot of uh, Second City people in Los Angeles. Um, she's a good agent. Um, I just wasn't working very much so. Uh, but I, I was on, um, when I was on the main stage, the show Top Chef came to Chicago and shot an episode involving the Second City, and I was you know, featured on that, and so when it was, um, when it came to air, I had been uh, let go by Second City and moved to L.A., <laughs> then it finally airs, and, uh, you know, I sent out a big mailing saying, you know, look for me tonight on Top Chef. Or look for me on Top Chef, whatever night, over my headshot and stuff. And what did Second City, you know, what did being on the main stage mean for, you know, like 
people in LA. Well, it meant that I got to be on Top Chef, and that meant something. Um, a lot of people don't know what you know. A lot of people don't know what Second City is, and they certainly don't know very much about what Second City is, and sort of um, even what... in LA with all the Second City people that are out there. Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some, some people do, some people don't. I mean, it's a Second City is a big, you know, deal in a big place, but it's a much bigger world, yeah. Uh, especially out there, and out there, Second City is one of three um, places that people train uh, to do, you know, comedy, improv comedy, sketch comedy stuff. I mean, one of three, one of hundreds, um, but you know, one of three sort of main ones located in the same two mile radius of each other. Uh, one thing that I ask all my guests is if something happened tomorrow and and, and no one was able to uh, make a living or even make any money off of anything creative, so writing, acting, singing, like any of that d- just did not pay for whatever reason, is there a job that you could try and set your sights on of like, well, this career would make me happy? Yeah, I mean, there's lots. I, I, I don't... I, I sort of... <laughs> I... When I got my theater major, I deliberately did not um, give myself a backup plan because I thought if you have a backup plan, the business is so hard, you will use it. Uh-huh. So, you know, if I couldn't do anything with the creative part of uh, my abilities and had to do, you know, I had to figure out something else to be good at, but, you know, I don't know, I could be... I'm a, I could do some kind of office job. I would not mind that in the least. Oh. Um, no, I, I mean, this is... Once, once you know, the, creativity is what I... Uh, that's creativity. You know, doing kind of creative work, that sort of thing, is uh, um, what I found early on was what I was best at. It was what I had a real aptitude for and uh, a special ability. I would have much much rather been a professional basketball player. Well, sure. Um, actually, I would have I would have liked to have been a professional highlight player, and that's a middle class sporting career. But you know, I, I I don't think I don't think I am cut out for teaching. But you know, I could work in an office and sell widgets or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, it like as opposed to making commercials that sell widgets. <laughs> it's all selling widgets. Sixteen year old kid comes up to you and says. You're a professional writer. I want to be a professional writer. What advice do you give them? Writers read. That's a big one. So just read, 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 read. I've been thinking about sort of uh, um, how I would sort of advise people on uh, things that they can do to write. Uh, Write, you know, if you want to get a career, you have to have a packet. And one of the things that when I say like reading, one of the things that reading scripts uh, or just reading, but reading specifically scripts and stuff, gets you, is, you know, it demystifies it. And, because you read so many bad scripts. <laughs> and you read bad scripts that get made. And you're like, you know, one of the great things about the job that I had was uh, in the, you know, marketing the new shows, was I read uh, all the pilots that NBC bought. Uh-huh. Or all the ones that they, not bought, but all the ones that they made to pilot. Not okay. the, all the stuff that got on the air, because some of them got made to pilot, and, uh, um, you know, they didn't pick up the series. Yeah. You know, you read them. I mean, that was part of the thing, is, is that, you know, pushed me back to working on the original pilot that, you know, I'd been shopping around in the first place, was I read these and was like, oh, mine is better than this. <laughs> and, you know, like, I, I sort of, 
understand that, you know, that is, of course, going to be my opinion. But it was sort of like, yeah, actually, I mean, I can do this because my pilot is better than this. Now I have to be able to do all the other things. I have to, you know, meet the people, you know, that that will help me get it read by the right person. And then when I when it does get read by the right person, I have to be able to handle a meeting and demonstrate that I can not just have written this thing, but also be a part of, uh, you know, putting it forward and, and getting it made uh, and making it good. Because, you know, somebody could read it and say, oh, we like it, but you don't have any experience other than writing, you know, these three TV commercials and having bugs put on you. So we can't actually <laughs> let you have a TV show. But, I just hope that's all your resume says. Is it's, I write TV commercials and bugs can go on me. Yeah, it's close. Um, <laughs> those are the highlights. Um, <laughs> there are worse things. But yeah, and then they would, you know, say, uh, you know, well, I just read a a blog post from uh, the guy who did the was it the Twitter feed shit my dad says. Oh yeah. And yeah. then they made it into that uh, TV show. Yeah, with uh, William Shatner, right? Yeah. He wrote this Twitter feed, and then he wrote a book based on it. Right. It was, you know, a popular bestseller. Um, And so he got a job. He got staffed on his own show. He was not the creator. He was not the showrunner. He was just on the staff. He just got to be in the writer's room and add his two cents. Huh. Um, I don't know the entire details of his life story or anything like that, but I do not have experience making TV shows, so... Yeah. I need some of that before someone's going to give me a TV show. I mean, at some point, like, I'm assuming the answer is yes, is that if if you were offered, like, just a staff writing job on some TV show as opposed to not yours... Yes, yes, I want that. that, that, I mean, that that actually is in sort of my plan. That is the next thing that I have to do. I need to be working on spec scripts um, as well as uh, this pilot. I'm going to finish this stupid freaking pilot. (laughs) And by spec scripts, you mean, like, a script of a show that's already on the yes. The the things that, you know, to this 16-year-old kid, I would say, uh, write a spec script today. <laughs> um, because they don't have to be, they don't have to be great. I think people get caught up in, you know, spe- all the books say, you know, write a great spec script. Don't write a crappy spec script. But don't worry that it's not, if it's not perfect. Yeah. Because I think people get real bogged down with, is this, you know, is this the perfect episode of The Office? And do your best. Really, really do your best to make it really good. But um, it's you have to have it. I've got three quarters of the best episode of The Office that you've ever seen. But the worst episode of The Office you've ever seen uh, is 22 minutes, not 18. Yeah. You know, like, I don't have the ends to this thing. And I just, you know, so what's in a folder on my laptop somewhere. <laughs> Once you have that, again, it's it's about having something that people can go, oh, this guy can write. Hey, write a little of this for me. You know, like, write, I, I know a guy who, you know, hey, write, write me a couple of jokes. Um, you funny, you had funny stuff in your, in your spec script. Can you write a couple of jokes for, you know, whatever the Spirit Awards, you know, MC or something? There's jobs out there, and uh, um, the first thing you need to do is just be writing. Write, write, write all the time. Yeah, I don't. I mean, a lot of us. It is the best advice that everybody gives, and the hardest to follow. It's just, just right. Just right. Yep. Yeah. Take some time. Just write stuff because uh, it is a skill that you need to, you know, hone and craft. And you get better at it, and you get better at it. And figure out the the things that get in your way, and get rid of those, and don't take it too seriously. Because you know, especially if you want to do, you know, 
Hollywood writing. Yeah. Done. That's, I mean, again, I am, I had, a friend of mine had, a, had an expression like, I may be on the bottom rung, but at least I'm on the ladder. There you go. When I first moved to L.A., I was not on the ladder. And mm-hmm. now I feel like... You're I'm, hanging on. You're somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm it literally like, yeah, like hanging on to the bottom of that ladder, but at least I got my hands over the bottom uh, of the bar. So I don't have much uh, advice on how to climb the rungs of that ladder because uh, I have not done very much of that at all. But uh, how to get on the ladder is, you know, just write and then start sending stuff to people and have, you know, have no pride. Because, uh, you know, it's just send stuff. <laughs> One of the reasons I, I started being a writer instead of an actor is that I was starting to have a hard time taking the rejection of an audition. Yeah. I don't give a damn if people reject my script. If they read it, that's awesome. If they read it and hated it, I'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, do you think you know somebody that would like it? <laughs> Right. This some stuff's not for everybody. Do you know stuff? Somebody? That, oh yeah, actually I do. I got his. I know a guy who loves crappy scripts. And then <laughs> you know. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, website, videos. No. <laughs> no. I, yeah. Oh wait, do I have a video up? I think uh, above the title is the name of the uh, feature that I'm working on now, and it's. Uh, I think if you. He put above the title into YouTube. I think we have a page. I have a writing partner that's working with me on the feature, and he does all of that stuff. Um, but it's a it's a, it's fun. And if you were listening to this podcast in the future, go and try and find the the upcoming independent release above the title. Above the title. It might not be independent. It's going to be really good. So we might we might it might get bought. Well, this uh, podcast won't go out for at least four weeks, so you got plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. By then, by then, we'll shoot the feature. You'll be in principal pr- uh, photography yeah. at that point. Well, we might actually be in principal photography in four weeks. Oh, wow! Yeah, right. we we uh, um, we had to uh, sort of stall things out uh, a little bit during the holidays, and because that was going to be gone. But uh, sure, um, that was the plan. Is the new year is we're supposed to start uh, shooting, so. Awesome. We shall see. It's hilarious. Very cool. Mark Swanner, uh, NBC writer, future, uh, hopefully, TV staff writer and feature film writer and a whole bunch of stuff. We'll be excited to see what you make. Yeah, me too. Ha! <laughs> Living the dream. Huge thank you to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network, original artwork by Tom Burns, original music by Diana Lawrence. If you have questions about the show or a suggestion for who I should interview next, drop me an email, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. If you haven't already done so, subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment, rate the show, like our Facebook page. Next week's episode features Cirque performer Dizzy Partridge. Thanks for listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.